0: You're listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSM, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. So we are in a series. Going through the book of John, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and last week we read John chapter one, verses one through five. I'm going to encourage you guys, if you were not here last week, if you were on vacation, if you decided you didn't want to come, and so I'm going to have to find you after service to to figure out why you decided not to come, all those things, I encourage you, go to the podcast and listen to last week, because here's what we talked about. The book of John is the gospel of John. The gospel, that word, it means good news and it's the good news of Jesus. It is the reason that we have hope both today and for everlasting is because of Jesus. And what we did in last week, what we're gonna finish up doing this week is kind of looking at the prelude, the trailer, the thing that comes before the movie, in the book of John. John uh, writes some incredibly powerful words in the first 18 verses. We're gonna be reading six through 18 tonight, talking about that, but I do not want you guys to miss verses one through five, okay? So if you were not here last week, please check out the podcast. If you don't know how to get there, I will show you how to get there after service. And tonight, we're gonna be reading verses six through 18 and finalizing that framework. Before we dive into the rest of the book of John, okay? So, before I read tonight, I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna get going, okay? So let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for this night. I thank you for who you are. I pray that you would rid us of distractions, that you would open our hearts, that you would speak through me, and that we would be challenged and convicted by the words of your scripture tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, John chapter 1. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. So a lot of verses, but point one is this. John the Baptist focused people on the light. Verses six through eight say, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. So this man John that's spoken about, we know him as John the Baptist. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of John the Baptist before. So a lot of you guys, right? John the Baptist is the one who baptized Jesus. He was called John the Baptist because he baptized a lot of people. People knew him as John though, just John. Um, And he baptized Jesus, he was the guy, the predecessor to let everybody know that this Jesus guy is coming, the son of God, right? He was telling the whole world And he was getting famous and people were starting to know who this John guy was and they're like, well, they were starting to give him all the credit and he started to say, hey, no, this is not something that you need to give me credit for. I am just trying to get you guys focused on Jesus, on this light. And what do we mean when we say witness to testify concerning that light? What is a witness? So lately I have been watching a show that is about lawyers It's been taking up a lot of Ellie and I's free time. It's very good. It's on Netflix, and it's very good. Anyways, I'm not telling you that. Anyways, y'all, it's on like the popular queue on Netflix, okay? You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Um, It might rhyme with boots. Anyways, we're watching this show. It's about lawyers and Oftentimes, they're in court, right? Because that's what lawyers do. And you call witnesses to the stand, right? You call them to examine them, to cross-examine them. And when a witness comes to the stand, there's a Bible present, and what do they do? What do they do? Swear Swear in the Bible, right? They put their hand on the Bible, swear to tell the whole truth, say, oh, my God, right? And if you lie on the stand, that's not good, is it, right? It's not good at all. And when people are asking a witness questions, they've gotta answer those questions, they've gotta answer them truthfully. And the witness is putting their own neck out there when they're answering these questions, right? Because if they lie, the witness is then in trouble, right? So when we talk about how John is a witness to Jesus, he is saying, take me at my word. He's like, if you think I'm cool, this Jesus dude is so much cooler. If you don't believe me, just watch. And to kind of give an example of what a bad witness looks like, I've got a wonderful classic video that needs to be in your YouTube repertoire. All right, so let's take, let's take attention to this. And our next act is confident he'll impress the judges too. Hi. Oh, hello. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. Good. What's your name, sir? J Star Valentine. It's my stage. J Star. My name is J Star Valentine. I'm 19 and I'm from West London. The J stands for junior. And then the star is because I have a star quality in me. Getting yeah. it. What you do right now? I'm a part-time model, so I just part-time just to get me out there. I'm always looking at these cheekbones, man! He's going say, oh, you look like a pop star, but I'm not your average pop star and I bring something different to the table. I'm gonna leave a hard footprint on that room so when I leave they're gonna be talking about me. Who was that guy? Oh, J Star. I think I could be the next big thing. And when did you start in music? I was like 16, I started doing gigs. And do you think you can win? I'm sure, I'm sure. Come on, sure. let's do this. I'm sure. <laughs> OK, what are you going to sing for us? Um, my own version of Alexander Burke, Hallelujah. Oh, great. OK, good luck. Can I? got a good voice. It's all Very easy, powerful. the package. Very powerful. Yeah. Interesting. Yahoo! major Le, the Bafouki composing, hallelujah, 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 she tied you to a kitchen chair. She broke a foam and she cut your hair. I'm fro <laughs> It's not so one. You see the light. It's a cold. It's a broken. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've heard a lot of versions of that song, but nothing as strange as that. You sang that song like a ghost. Strange. I couldn't make my mind out whether it was strange or. <laughs> I mean, it was like really weird. Were you serious? No, I was just nervous. Yeah, we're not connecting the dots. It's not as musical as maybe you're hearing inside of your head. Okay. We're gonna vote right now. You need three yeses. <laughs> it's gonna have to be a no from me. It's a no from me. It has to be a no from me. And you've got four no's. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? His voice. So, let's, let's go back to his friend. The one who was asked, got a good voice? She's like, yes. Well, and she's like, very powerful. His voice is very powerful. <laughs> that's, a bad, that's an accurate statement. It is not good, is it? So here's the thing, that girl would be, she would qualify as uh, somebody who's not telling the truth, a bad friend who witnessed the wrong way about him, right? She should have been like, bro, your voice is horrible. This is not for you. Listen, everybody's got gifts. (laughs) I don't think this is yours, right? So what happened? Because she wasn't honest, that man was thrown to the wolves, right? And they tore him up, and now millions of views later, we get to laugh at him. All you need to look up is J-Star X-Factor, by the way. If you wanna get some laughs in that day. Here's the thing, though. John was a true witness and he said, hey, take my word for this. Hold me to this. That this Jesus guy, he is the light in a dark, dark, dark world. And later on in John chapter one, it says, now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? And they're talking to John. John says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And what is John saying this? John's saying that his duty is to prepare the way for Jesus. And when he says, I can't even untie his sandals, what do we know about that? If we look in history, the lowest of the low slaves were the ones who untied people's sandals. And John is saying that he is so worthy, he is so mighty that I can't even untie his sandals. I can't do what a slave would do back then. And what else do we see from John's life? We see later on in John chapter three, it says, and this is John the Baptist speaking, he says, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. And so John would live his entire life pointing to Jesus, pointing to something that is greater than himself. And so John focused everyone that he was around on the light of Jesus. In this dark and broken world where sin has taken over and separated us from God, we are all in desperate need of Jesus. And what did John do? John witnessed and testified to that. John gave his life for that. And as I'm reading this scripture, I can't help but be challenged and think, man, if I could live my life in a way that says Jesus must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. If I stand on this platform and you leave thinking about how great I was talking and miss the message of Jesus, then I am doing something horribly wrong. And that's something that needs to be important to every single one of us. As we start a new school year, as you get back into the plays, as you get back into sports, as you're on Fortnite, am I witnessing to how good Jesus is? That's something that you have to ask yourself. I was thinking about this today and I was so just like convicted in my heart. But I was thinking, in my regular day-to-day interactions with people, if they were to be honest when they left, if somebody interviewed them, pulled them to the stand, and told them, put their hand on the Bible, right, and they ask, hey, when you leave this interaction, how do you feel? Do you feel like you were loved? Do you feel like you were cared for? Do you feel like Gabe treated you as Christ has already treated him? That was a question that I was asking because when people leave talking to me, spending time with me, I would hope the thing that is left on them is Jesus and not how funny I was or how not funny I was or, or whatever, right? We all need to be witnesses to the light. We're in a dark, dark world and we have to point to Jesus. And so that's what John did. He pointed to Jesus literally. Jesus was around And we're gonna see later on, John baptizes him and points to him for the rest of his life, okay? So point number one is that John focused the light. Point number two is that if we receive, we become children of God. Verses nine through 13 say this, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So, as I said a second ago, we can all agree that our world is a pretty dark place, right? It's a pretty broken place, right? Every single one of us are broken in some sort of way, right? Every single one of us have sinned and missed the mark in some sort of way. And what do we see in this verse? We see that there is no other way to rightness. There's no self-help method. There's no way that you can muscle through this. There is a light and that light is Jesus. And to all who receive that light, they become children of God. What does that mean? Ephesians three says it this way. It says, once you were dead, But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So there's no way that you can muscle your way to rightness. There's no way that you can do something on your own to get right with God. We can't attend church enough. We can't do enough nice acts of kindness towards people. We can't give enough money to charity or to the church. We can't do this and that and the other. It's so much different. What is it? It's giving up and surrendering. And that's what John is saying here. That the only way to rightness is through Jesus. And what do we see in Ephesians? We see that God who is so rich in mercy What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. How many of you guys have done something stupid and not gotten punished for it? I can say that I have been there never before. I've never done that ever before. That is a big fat lie. But didn't get what you deserve, right? And what is grace? Grace is actually elevating you So you don't get what you deserve and then giving you something that you don't deserve. So not only do you not get in trouble, as sinners, what is the consequence of sin? What is it, y'all? Death, Death, right? What does death mean? Can y'all demystify that for a second? Yes, right here. Not having eternal life in heaven, right? Being totally separated from God, your spirit, when you die, totally separated from God, right? That is the punishment of sin. Sin is anything that misses the mark. Sin is a little white lie. Sin is murder. Sin is adultery. Sin is lust. Sin is also uh, misleading somebody and being malicious in that, right? So anything and everything that is against God's goodness, right? The punishment for that is being eternally separated from God. But Jesus served as the sacrifice. He came and he lived a perfect life and then died in you and I's place. And the only thing that we have to do to be brought back into this family of God is to receive that. What does it mean to receive that? It means to recognize that we cannot earn something. It actually has to be given to us and we have to receive it. It is a gift. It is God's mercy that we are not just right now being blown up, and it's God's grace that Jesus died for us and gave us something that we don't deserve. That's what we have to recognize. So point number two is that if we receive, we become children of God, and that's what John is telling these people, and the last point is this. The word became flesh, and dwelt among us. Verses 14 through 18 say this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So remember, last week we talked about this Greek word logos, right? Because at the very beginning, you see, in the beginning was the word. And this Greek word logos is what the word is translated from, okay, and we talked about how the Greeks and the Jewish people saw this word, right? We talked about how there's a long trail when John said in the beginning was the word, it meant something to these people, right? It didn't just mean word like we see it today. It meant logos. And what was logos? Well, to the Jews, remember, it kind of meant that that they referred to God as the word sometimes, but also it more of his personal aspects are are referred to in his word, right, and to the Greeks, there was this intelligent designer that they thought of when they heard the word logos. So if you guys ever, in the example I used last week, you ever just like look at a tree or an anthill for like more than 30 seconds, and the longer you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, these little guys have like a whole community in there. Like I wonder what Aunt Fred, like I wonder what his cousin Nellie is doing in the ant hill. It's like these things, I can't. I literally can't even see more than like three of them. Some of them I can't even see and they got a whole thing happening in there. Like there's no way that somebody didn't do this purposefully, right? So when the Greeks looked at an ant hill for a long time, the word that they thought of for the person who spun it all together was logos. So, we move back to this verse, the word became flesh. That was a shocking statement. Well, why? Because the Greeks, they tended to think of gods as like demigods or like Hercules or like people who would like mess up and make mistakes, but they were kind of like strong, like Percy Jackson in the Olympians, the lightning thief, and they could like do whatever they wanted because they had all these cool powers, right? But they still would mess up sometimes but when they heard the word Logos, that was like this thing is huge and never messes up. It spun the whole world into existence. And for the Jewish people, when they heard Logos, when they thought about God, they often thought about God as being this like high and mighty being, which he was, but why would he involve himself in like day-to-day stuff with us? Have you guys ever felt that way before? Like my problems are too little for God. Like I don't wanna bother God with that because he's probably got better things to do. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that way before. I'm gonna make you guys participate. Yeah, it's a very common thought. But this is what John is saying. John is saying that the high and mighty powerful being who spun the earth into existence also knows the number of hairs on your head and also literally came to earth and walked in a human body. And what did he do when he was on earth? He healed people. He cared for the orphans and widows. He cared for children. He literally wept when his friends passed away. He took care of his mother. He had friends. He cared about people having good times. And then he gave his life for you and I. So John is saying there is no problem, no thing that's too small for God. Not only is he high and mighty and can do anything and everything that he wants, but he cares about the little things. And so when John is saying this, it is a huge statement to the people who are reading it in the ancient times. For the Greeks, it's like, oh my Lord, this massive being, this intelligent designer still cares. And for the Jewish people, it's like God's not too big to not see me. So what do I want you guys to see? This is kind of the like, trailer to the book of John, right? We're gonna start to read about John the Baptist, some of the things that he does. We're gonna read about the miracles of Jesus. We're gonna see all those things. But I want you guys to go into this book of John and recognize a few things. I want you to recognize that Jesus is God, okay? I need you to recognize that our God is a trinity, One God and three distinct persons of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want you to recognize that it all of this is centered on this gospel, on what Jesus has done. We live in a dark, dark, dark world and Jesus is the light. We live in a dead, dead, dead world and Jesus is the life, okay? I want you guys to recognize those things. I want you to cling to those things as we move into the actual book, okay? Can y'all do that for me? Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Renovation Student Ministries podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.